The island of Guam is an organized territory of the United States, home to around 170,000 people, with the Chumaro people being the largest ethnic group to occupy Guam. They make up roughly 37% of the island's inhabitants. The Chumaro have lived in the islands of Micronesia since 2000 BC, and though Guam has been occupied and fought over by everyone from Spain in 1565 to Japan during World War II, the Chumaro have adapted to live under occupation, taking on some of the traditions that other cultures have left behind. Julia Child once said that people who love to eat are always the best people. I couldn't agree more. I'm Haley Forney, and you're listening to Best People, the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Sierra and Celine Sana. Hi. Hello. Hello. Sisters from Guam, Sierra is a local artist, and she's actually responsible for the podcast graphic that I have. And Celine is a cook, and she creates fusion dishes, making the amazing flavors from Guam with ingredients from the Pacific Northwest. I'm so happy you guys are here. Thank you for coming. Thank you for bringing all of this food. Thanks for having me. I'm going to post pictures so Mm -hmm. people can see... All of that is serving up here, but yeah. it's like it's good. You're we've got out. a lot of stuff going on. We've got <laughs> lumpia, which is my favorite. Me too. Sierra's uh, currently I'm already yeah. chomping on it. One down, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I just ate some too. Mm-hmm. It's probably not great for our listeners, but it's whatever. Okay. They're jealous. Yeah. <laughs> They're jealous. <laughs> so you guys have lived in Washington. Oh my gosh! I think um, we moved in 1999 or I was 2000? 13. And then, and then we moved, we, so 13 to when, 20 or 19? So seven years, and then we moved back again. Yeah, for another three, and then back. So probably, mm-hmm. like, more than half our lives at this point mm-hmm. has so been So you're kind of, Washington. you're 50-50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 50-50 Western Washingtonians. Actually, Washington State, because you were yeah. on the east side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were in Walla Walla. Yeah, yeah that's where we grew up. I know. Mm-hmm. One side, the other. Yeah. Yeah, and now you're in Western Washington. And Love mom it. and dad are still in Guam. Yes. Yep. And grandparents yeah. still in Guam. Majority yeah. of the family. Like ninety percent of our family is still in Guam. Yeah. Wow. I know. And then the we rest actually there's a few people who live in Washington. It just seems to yeah. draw like a lot of Chamorros and people from Guam. They seem to kind of like stick to the Tacoma area. Oh. There's like a huge community of like people that live there. My um, theory is I guess because it's my it's why I've moved this way is to be closer to the ocean. Yeah. Because you don't know that that's what you want until you're there and you like the ocean. Or because right. Because a body of water. Because you're kind of afraid, or like you're kind of far away from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're inland. Yeah. Like maybe you're living in Nebraska, which oh, would sure. be insane. Yeah. But maybe you're living in Nebraska and you're like, okay, I can't take this anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because right? in, in Guam, it's so tiny. It's only like 32 miles long yeah. and eight miles wide at its widest. You're always like a few minutes away from the ocean, and it's mm-hmm. always in your line of vision. So that's yeah. something that you take for granted until you leave, and you're like, "There's something missing." And then you see the water, you're like, "Oh yeah, that's what's yeah." Missing. So to you, just the water. I find that the water is very soothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To just see it, it's just a reminder that there's a constant, mm-hmm. and that we are just a blip. Yeah, the, the ocean is always there. Yeah, and that's right? that's what it is. Every time we go to Guam. 
I will always make a point to go to the beach, but I that find like my morning that, routine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Celine loves to swim. I can't swim. I'm a bad islander, but I'll like... <laughs> you can't swim. I'm too like, used to. I can swim. I just have to touch the bottom. It's like I a mental like, thing. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. all mental. Because like, if I can touch the bottom, I'm like swimming like nothing. But the minute I think that it's too deep, I like panic. Mm. And I, I think this is because I almost drowned when I was little. And oh, so totally. that's, that's kind of what traumatized me. Because I was walking and not looking where I was stepping. And all of a sudden, there was a big dip and I fell into it. And it was like... The, th- the whole thrashing. Yeah, the thrashing. Because I panicked because I didn't expect it. Mm-hmm. And then that just kind of is has stuck with me ever since right so, so the the water is a part of you but it's yeah. also like an unforgiving yeah. part of you. yeah so it ha- i have this big respect for it because i feel like water is so beautiful to me and i'm always drawn to it but i have this huge respect for it and i i don't know whenever we go to guam i'll just while they're swimming i like to just like sit on the edge and just like stare out and just like have like my nose and everything underneath and just like look out that's mm-hmm. like I'll spend like an hour doing that. I don't know why, but I just feel like that's what I want to do. I mean, besides spending, because like, you know, every time we go back to Guam, it's you're trying to jam pack so mm-hmm. much in this short amount of time that between like going to every family barbecue mm-hmm. on like both sides, because my mom and dad's family both still live it's there, um, we definitely like top priority seeing grandma's, grandma's. And family mm-hmm. and then going to the beach, like, or having Food, some family. Time. Water. And water. Not in that order. Yeah. But, you know? Like, yeah, that's yeah. like... That's but like, if there's family there, there's always going to be food. Oh, oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. Right? Which, yeah. Celine made all of these awesome dishes for us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. we've got rice. Red rice. Red rice. Um, we have just some, like, dad's recipe uh, marinated barbecue ribs. Um, nice. and Thanks, some, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> and then just kind of, like, this weird jerk five spice fusion thing mm-hmm. that just I don't know it's like our go-to well, it's not really it's jerk just, chicken it's not really five spice chicken yeah. but it's like um and the story mix. of that too is Guam is such a melting pot and when we were little we lived in this apartment complex and the, the family that lived above us was a guy from Jamaica his name was Winston, Winston. and he invited us to have this like chicken that he was barbecuing and I was little I was like oh barbecue I love barbecue but then we ate it and it was unfamiliar to us right and my dad was like oh this is great and so he gave my dad the recipe so every time we make this we think like, of Winston Winston's like jerk chicken yeah yeah That's wherever so- you are Winston yeah <laughs> if you're listening if to you're this listening, we still appreciate you and your here. little daughter who is our friend for like a hot minute and <laughs> I, don't I don't even remember, remember. <laughs> no I, I I think I was so young, I don't remember those memories. Um, Okay, so Winston's chicken. chicken. Mm -hmm. Um, We got a little bit of pickled papaya. Ooh, it's Um, pickled. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's like a quick little pickle. And then. um, Oh my god, it's amazing. And you find that at every mom and pop store. Like on the side Mm -hmm. stands, you know. Is this like. If you went to the gas station, oh yeah, yeah. there like, it'll be there. That pickled, pickled eggs, um, kimchi, kimchi like little uh, sushi rolls usually find or like bao. empanadas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ooh, empanadas. Mm-hmm. Mom and pop stores in Guam are the best. Are just, but everybody eats level. from the gas station. Yeah, like, yeah. here you would never mm-hmm. eat from the gas station. Yeah. You would be like weirded out by the weird hot dogs and no, yeah. in Guam, well, they don't even have that. It's like it's also different, like. The hot bar, or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. in the gas stations in Guam are like Local. spam masubis mm-hmm. and like, you know, kind of little like 
bento plates you can mm-hmm. get. It's just a different type of like grab and go, go mm-hmm. food. You know? Right. It's right. not kind of what you'd see here. It's kind of like the Hawaii feel, like mm-hmm. when you go to like gas stations and or Hawaii, like Japan or see stores. Yeah. Like you go to the there's Seven Elevens. I know it's not a gas station, but like you go to those it's convenience, convenience stores yeah. to get really good food, mm-hmm. and that's how it is in Guam. Like every morning, my mom would run to the mobile like right by our house and come home with bags of shupao or like um we like else? take them as like our little lunches yeah, like little like steam buns little and... donuts that they make they're called bananas in guam but i don't know what they're made of each person makes them differently but Maybe like bananas yeah or, or taro or yeah. not taro it's, it's like super. it's some sort of root i forget what it's called dagu um I don't know what it's really called. I just know the Chamorro. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, I guess you'd be like cassava Yeah, almost like cassava. Because, you know, you can't eat it raw. Like, it's one of those things where, it. yeah, you have to, like, do it the right way because it'll make you, like, super itchy, itchy. And then, like, if you don't do it right, it can, mm-hmm. I think, be even, like, somewhat poisonous. Yeah, like, too much of it. Yeah. yeah. So you can like, get poison from donuts? You guys <laughs> well, know how to live. I right know, right? <laughs> <laughs> we live on the edge. <laughs> But, um, okay, yeah, so what else do we have? Um, so, we also have chicken caliguin, um, right here. which, yeah, every little barbecue, everyone has their form of, like, caliguin, rather mm-hmm. than, like, shrimp So where is that fish. from? The Philippines, I think. I think caliguin is Filipino. Yeah. Yes. I think, I think caliguin is also Filipino because, I think it is a Filipino word. Um, Guam, we found, is such... Like I said, it's such a big melting pot. And the red rice, that's also another, like, fusion. Spanish. Spanish mm-hmm. influenced. Um, we make it differently. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of Spanish make it with tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, that um, the tomato broth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, this mm-hmm. is uh, the achote or anato Yeah, scene. anato. Com- that's where the color comes oh. from. So it's not spicy at all. Yeah. It's um, more no, but just, it's like, really for the good. color. It has yeah. a different flavor profile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, and then it's just, you know, onion and garlic, a lot of that good stuff, and you just steam it. Everyone has a little twist to their rice. We have a little twist, but it's a little secret, so we don't. Yeah, that's here. Yeah. Here just told me the secret. I, I actually... told the secret. <laughs> it was like mine and my dad's secret, because you know every this is like a traditional. Sh- yeah, this is if we went to your parents' house in Guam mm-hmm. and they were having a barbecue, yeah. you'd find this. This is what we would eat, and yeah. there'd probably be a lot other, a lot more dishes. Yeah, too. like it could be anywhere from like, like I said, nine to like thirty-five dishes. Mm-hmm. The last barbecue we went um, when we were in Guam at my aunt's house. I remember, like, imagine just two you know, ten foot tables full of put food together, but on each side, it's just stacked of like everything's a different dish, uh-huh. you know, because every family has kind of their go to. So it'd be like this aunt's gonna bring the kelguin, mm-hmm. this person's gonna bring the lumpia. Like they're known for making like you know, like, who makes the best thing in mm-hmm. the family? Okay, you're bringing that, yeah, mm-hmm. sort of thing. So do you call them barbecues? Is that what fiestas? Fiesta. Fiesta. Yeah, mm-hmm. like a fiesta. Um, yeah. And usually, you know, like, we have, like, the one cousin or, like, the uncle who, like, will bring the fresh catch of the day, like, mm-hmm. what they spearfished or caught, like, on, you know, Which used to be day. my dad's job. My dad used to spearfish when we were but younger. But then he found Winston's chicken, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, you're not spearfishing <laughs> I know. anymore. He's now, actually, he's upgraded again even further. So he used to be, like, when we were little... He provided the panse and... Um, oh, yeah, we don't have panse. Yeah, no. that's another thing. Sorry, we and then, what else did he make? I, I, he, it started off with... He, that was his traditional dish. 
Then he went into making, he started making the, um, the um, lumpia too. Was like the lumpia and good. the empanada. Yeah. Oh, so he upgraded empanada. to that because he got the perfect crispiness on them. He tried the empanada at her bridal shower. Yeah. 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 It was very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Dad went, knows what's up. He knows. And then he went on to making the pork roast. Everyone loved his pork oh, roast yeah. and his barbecue. So he, and now he is um, the baker so yeah, he brings into the desserts it's because he started watching great british baking he did <laughs> i am obsessed i will always watch that and then it's cool because he'll like fuse it with island uh things you'll find on the island yeah like, like those like, guava tarts that mm-hmm. he made or like the calamansi little squares <gasps> that was or the taro cheesecake yeah oh yeah dad. where's why is he dad maybe he needs to retire or he's actually retire. he'll be gone but i was gonna say they might be visiting in april if we could somhow you're, you i won't be here i know i will be gone but I'll be here in spirit. I'll FaceTime you guys. I was going to say, maybe yeah. we do like a long distance thing. You know? Long distance <laughs> podcast. Long yeah. distance podcast with dad and mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So what is this one, Selena? It's like uh, an avocado or something. It's actually no. eggplant. So it's Beningeras. Beningeras. Yeah, I can't. I have a... It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Um. But basically, it's uh like roasted eggplant, um, some tomatoes, fresh tomatoes, some scallions, green onions, and then it's uh, a little bit of lemon juice and coconut milk. Mm-hmm. So you're getting that creaminess from the coconut milk. That's what it is. I thought yeah. it was like a like avocado. A avocado. No. Yeah. So it's, it's like just so refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost like a palate cleanser. So exactly. you see, there's so much like rich food in here and yeah. another thing that's I mean, missing ribs on this plate. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and fried food so you always have like the keloguin and the the side dishes some people will make like their version of kimchi mm. um, oh yeah like, like a quick cucumber. little cucumber yeah. so because there is a lot of korean influence oh yeah too. yeah um another big one is uh it's kind of like this spinach side dish where oh, it's my spinach and uh turmeric and coconut milk oh, and it's I kind of it. like it, I feel like that's more like the Indian influence too, where it yeah. kind of has. Because you have turmeric in there. Yeah, and it's kind of like this hot little spinach side dish. I too. like the Filipino version of that. So it's the same, except you don't put turmeric. You add some sort of fishy element to it. Some people put uh, bogoong or like, which is like a shrimp, fermented shrimp paste or like just fish sauce. Mm-hmm. And then you add peppers to it. And I think they so don't like pumpkin use. They, or, no, they no. use, um, I don't, not taro leaves. Maybe it is some, I forget the. Is it banana leaves? No. No, it's, it's something similar to spinach. I forget now. I know spinach. it's yeah, called yeah. So probably that's the name or whatever that translates to in the Philippines. I don't know. Yeah. We're part Filipino, but we know nothing about our Filipino <laughs> <laughs> culture. <laughs> That's the funny thing, too, is because, um, I don't know, there's just some weird bias stuff also in Guam. You get that, you know, everywhere. But mm-hmm. I feel like there's like just... Like against people that are Filipino? Well, no, not really. Like, the like... claims to, like, oh, this is a... I don't know. It's weird. It's just because, you know, because it is a melting pot, there is going to be weird, like, well, this is better than this. Like, I like this food. I'm sorry. I'm talking about my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> too you know especially when you start um for us you know we're part filipino part tomorrow and mm-hmm. you kind of like try to identify either one way or another even though you shouldn't do that yeah. but like when you're you know younger you don't know any better there's kind of like you know some tomorrows are a little bit meaner to like certain filipinos and like everyone's kind of like mean to well, the outer I was islanders there's there used to be a quite the um like uh 
class structure yeah. in Chimaro culture. Yeah. With, like, the chiefs and then just mm-hmm. the regular people. Mm-hmm. And that, that seems to still sort of be there in some yeah. ways, but probably yeah. more so if your family has Spanish descendants in it mm-hmm. or, you know, because there yeah. are so many different cultures that have intermixed with yeah. people. Yeah. And I think, too, because for I a think while, it's changing, like, though. Filipinos, too, were, like, the biggest immigrants for a while where people were going, you know, moving to Guam to kind of get that American citizenship. It would be mm-hmm. the quickest way to get there that there was kind of this weird stigma about, like, Filipinos, you know, mm-hmm. and being part oh, of... Oh, that's the... weird. It's strange that that happens. I know. I know. I know. And that I think doesn't sound familiar <laughs> at all. I know. And I think what it is is, you know, there is one thing that I've noticed, What the, un- the theme that is consistent in those events are it, there's this fear of the other, and, like, you think that they're out to get something that you have, and... But the thing is, they're out to get the things that no one wants, you know, like the jobs that no one's doing. Mm-hmm. And they're doing the hard labor. But I think that's also better for the community because then the people who have been doing those jobs can move on to do something not better, but something, you know, that they, they already learned those skills. Now, now go learn something else. Yeah. Or like, like they a build the community, you know, like those are usually mm-hmm. the people who like are kind of willing, like you said, to do like the harder jobs mm-hmm. or you know, the manual labor, and they don't realize how much that actually can build that your, builds community, your community, whether it's, like, infrastructure or yeah. just, you know. it's just, like, delegating tasks, you know. It, like, I'm learning this just in my business, you know. I can't do it all at this point. I can't, I want to sit there and package for hours, but then I'm not drawing, you know. That's the thing that I'm good at. And so I think delegating tasks to people who can do that and don't care about it, but who can't do the art for Art by Sierra, you know, that's, and that's how I I think it works well in the community. And maybe it's just my perspective because my grandpa moved from the Philippines to Guam to have, you know, job opportunities. I see how that has benefited our family and how, you know, I, I actually thought my grandpa was Chamorro most of my life. Because he would identify. He yeah, would tell people he, he was Chamorro. Filipino. Well, probably yeah. because he had to. Yeah. yeah. Or just jobs for some stuff. sort of, like, survival. You know, he spoke Chamorro. Yeah. From the surface level, you know, you would be like, oh, this is just a Chamorro guy. But then you find out he's full Filipino. He, you know, mm-hmm. he moved from the Philippines when he was, like, what, 17 or something? I don't like know. That? Like, really? So he maybe was pretty young. young. Yeah. yeah. And he just kind of was like, I'm going to look for the next best thing. And Mm-hmm. So for us, you know, with like growing up being my dad's half Filipino, so we're a quarter, we didn't really identify with like the Filipino culture. Like we know the food and we know certain things, but for the most part, you know, I would say we grew up in like a Chamorro household with certain Filipino aspects with like the food and stuff, mm-hmm. but we didn't, you know, my dad doesn't speak the language. We don't. Um, I've never been to Tagalog the or. Yeah, we've never mm-hmm. been. My dad was one of the few siblings who, I think he said, like, out of all of them, he was the yeah. only one who had who yeah, didn't go back to the Philippines. He still hasn't. And yeah. That's, and it's it's changing, I think, because, you know, we're not really, if you dig down deep, like, what is Chamorro really? Because the that, that the culture is still there, but, like, the DNA of, like, what it is to be yeah. Chamorro, that's, like... That's so There's no, like, removed, pure, you know, because you know, like, they would kill the when the Spanish invaded, they would kill off the men, and mm-hmm. you know, it just it, so what is the true Chamorro bloodline and what it means to be Chamorro now is this culture, and I think yeah. it's like that mixed um, the ability to, like you said, to like be able to adapt and to continue to like uh, get this new influence and like make it your own, and that's mm-hmm. what I find. Well, that's what I think it means to be Chamorro because. I, I I look more Asian than Celine does, you know, mm-hmm. and that's because we have a lot of 
Asian blood in us too. We have like a lot of different things that make us who we are, but how we were raised is Chamorro. And Mm -hmm. so that's all I know. And so it's changing, especially with people coming to the islands and everyone's like mixing with other people. And I think that whole um, bias and whatever kind of racism that goes, that used to go on on the island between different people that came in is slowly fading away, fading away like because how can you uh, when you're just everything when how, you're yeah. japanese too so yeah. why are you yeah. being so mean to me yeah. yeah yeah so it's really cool i think i like guam i, I kind of use it as a way to like hope that things will change here in the states because especially with the way guam has um made peace with japan you know especially after world war ii mm. the japanese did horrible Horrible things things, you know and it and my grandma was 16 at the time and witnessed so many things like yeah yeah, and beheaded people on the streets and she like she but she does not hold a ounce of hatred towards japanese people and she said you know how can i fault them they thought what they were doing was right you know if like i you know as bad as that sounds like they literally thought what they were doing was right and how can you tell someone you know like so it's cool because like guam has been able to find that peace and acceptance and even invite these this different culture that tried yeah like yeah and it, they try, it tried to wipe them out, you know? Yeah. And so it's... And now a lot of Japanese vacation in Guam. Yeah. yeah. And they well, love the culture and they love, you know? And that's that's my thing is like, how can, you know, if Guam were to be like, no, you can't come back ever, you know, you hurt us, now you give us what we deserve, that wouldn't be a good building relationship. You know, every time we go to Guam, it's cool to me to see how the islanders mix with or, and you interact with the Japanese, you know? Yeah. They're two different cultures speaking two different languages and just seeing how they can find ways to make peace and, like, harmonize. And yeah. I think the food is reflected in that way. Like, oh, this yeah. is a melting pot of yeah, different cultures, definitely. you know? I also noticed that you're eating your rice with your I know, I did. I was just talking about that, like, um... So, is that what you do? Kind of, yeah. yeah it's like, I didn't even notice I, I did that. I was laughing because I was like, oh, she's going straight. Okay, straight. for real, <laughs> I did not... So... I ate with my hands until we moved to Walla Walla, until I was 13. It's and I didn't easier. know about table manners, whatever. That did not exist in our That's world. Amazing. Yeah, and in Guam, it's like finger food. It is easier. When you're eating a fried fish with yeah, tiny like, bones, yeah. you need your hands. Mm-hmm. You need to feel for or the like bone. like crab, you know, like yeah. eating like a crab. Like yeah, we don't use yeah. crab. Like, we didn't know how to use the crab. The crackers. The crackers. We, we crack you it with our teeth. teeth. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, it's one of those things where even if you, like, like as an older person, you'll, like, watch, you know, um, mm-hmm. kind of, like, the elders eating. You're like, they have, like, four or five teeth. How are they eating that? And it's like, they, they just, just manage, man. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> I'm going to be that person. They're really, really good. Oh, mm. God. That's, that's why, like I said, my dad's... Uh, but it's, like, a basic tomorrow barbecue Yeah, recipe. it's kind of, like, everyone has, like I said, they follow the same sort of, like, general recipe, but everyone mm-hmm. has, like, their different flair. So, normally, with, like... The standard, I feel like, Chamorro barbecue ribs, it's usually, like, a combination of, like, soy sauce, some sort of acid, whether it's vinegar. It's almost like teriyaki. You know, mm, uh, yeah. It is almost like teriyaki, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and, you know, you kind of get your, like, garlic ginger. Um, some people don't put that so in do there. So mar- do you marinate this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. De- you yeah. definitely have to marinate it overnight to get that, like... That tanginess yeah. and that strong flavor. Because you can really taste the ginger. Yeah, mm-hmm. and my dad's... And the citrus. He always used... 
he didn't use the vinegar. He would use like or like we had an orange tree in our backyard or calamansi or calamansi, which is kind of like a hybrid of like a tangerine, mm-hmm. lime, yeah. lemon sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember he'd always be like, "What do we have on the tree?" And go back there, pick a couple oranges, just like squeeze that right in there. You make use of you know like what you got mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. But, Which um, is kind of your approach to food. Yeah, we kind of have to be, I feel like, in this area because you don't always have... Because you're not going to find your island flavor. No. Yeah, or right. just, like, the no. ingredients that you need. You know, there's, like, a couple Asian markets here in Bellingham, and even sometimes you have to go to both and still try to be like, oh, I couldn't find mm-hmm. what I needed. Like, let me, you know, rethink what I could do with this. But, um, but things like pumpkin tips. Yeah, you know? like, that's a weird one that I miss so much because it's one of those things where, like, even though we have pumpkins here, like, no one uses the pumpkin the tips, vine, which is kind like of the, like the And the heart. green little, mm-hmm. like, leaf the leaves. Mm-hmm. So in Guam, that's, like, really common. Um, so what do you do with it? Throw like it in soups. Soups, stews. Oh, um, so there's good. this other really <sighs> good dish where it's, like, so the seafood stew. You mm-hmm. put, like, you know, your daily catch of, like, crabs, shrimp. Coconut Whatever you, milk. Yeah, fish. It sounds almost like a Thai soup. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's a lot of like, um, I feel like a lot of tomorrow is like really spicy food. Mm-hmm. So it's usually like a bunch of chilies and stuff in there too. That's what's missing from this. So, oh, we forgot the finadini. Yeah. yeah so there, there's, there's a sauce that we make and that's it's part of like every a, fiesta. There's a big thing of it and everyone has several versions of it too. So it's a dipping sauce. Mm. And so like a condiment you pour on everything. Yeah. yeah. So it's like the the, tr- the the traditional, the one that you see all the time is a soy sauce base. So it's a soy sauce, a citrus, onions, um, peppers, and then some people have different variations like of they that. They put like tomatoes yeah, some or people some people garlic. Yeah. Um, or, or there's also different ones you eat with like certain different, foods. Yeah. So if you're going to eat like a fried fish, right, just like they take the whole thing, clean it, and they like deep fry it whole. And that's usually like our go-to. If we mm-hmm. want to eat fish, you just want it deep fried in that. And they give you this vinegar-based finadeni where it's oh, like so apple cider vinegar, thinly sliced like garlic chips, and then, you know, salt. onion, salt, and a bunch of chilies. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of pour it on there. On and the fish? Eat, yeah. yeah. And you eat, eat it with it your like hands. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You, you have to. There's, there's no other way because... The fish in Guam have these tiny, tiny bones. And you have to pick them out. You have to pick them out. But it's so worth it because I don't eat fish here. Because it's not not, Yeah, it's not not as fresh. It's not not fresh. And it's this white, flaky, sweet fish that you have the hint of the ocean. Almost like a snapper. But we eat, so in Guam, like the... Our favorite, our family's parrot favorite, fish. is like the parrotfish, right? Mm. And it's kind of um, kind of sad because they're beautiful. They are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are delicious. But it's you know, like if you see that, you're like, oh man, this is gonna be a I good know, it's gonna meal. Be a good but the funny thing was, Clint the other day found a, like a like frozen parrotfish um, from like one of the Asian markets. Wow. And he, you know, ended up cooking it. And he was like, man, I feel so jaded because you know you're so used to this like extra fresh ingredient coming mm-hmm. right out of the ocean you know and then getting something that was like frozen i think it was from thailand or something um mm. or vietnam was it's where it was from his experience yeah and mm-hmm. you know he made it kind of like he did a baked version where he was like i'm gonna do dad's recipe and then i was watching him eat it and he was like it's just it's good but it's not the same you know mm-hmm. and like the whole experience of being also being able to like eat with your family and have that like 
like I said, you know, there's all these sorts of food that you share with each other, and it makes for, like, the whole experience, you know? Just and the kind whole of... time, like, you're having this fiesta, I'll paint the picture for you, because yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. cool. Paint the picture. <laughs> so just your whole family's there, right? So at least, like, 30 to 50 mm-hmm. people. And it's not even, that's not even <laughs> your whole family. That's not all the cousins No, that's, like, that's a like couple aunts three and people, some cousins. Kids. Yeah. yeah, brought their kids. Yeah, and so... They're there. You like I said, the two ten foot long tables full of food on each side, and everyone there. There's the designated fly uh, scooters with the plates. They're oh just yeah, because you're the eating flies outside. Away. Most yeah. of the time, to enable or in order to have everyone there, it's usually like in someone's backyard mm-hmm. or like their driveway that they like set up with mm-hmm. all the chairs and tables, mm-hmm. um, all the white chairs. Yeah, and the music is blasted. And so you have this island music just blasted, and everyone's talking. There's a coolers for beer, coolers for soda, and then um, water and, and, some, and, some, and water, some water. Whatever. It's not necessary. So it's a hot island. I know. You need to hydrate. Yeah, that's if you need to like pace yourself for the next round. Um, <laughs> but then you have we used to do this. They have the children shooing the flies. So you kind of take turns, you yeah, know, because like, like you want no flies in your food. That's so the game like, for yeah, the kids, yeah, yeah. to the flies. Yeah. yeah, and it's fine because you're with your cousins or your siblings and you're shooting flies and there's some, you know, women there just kind of orchestrating, making sure the kids aren't, like, picking up the food until it's ready. And then so when everyone's kind of agreed that they're ready, um, because Guam is so influenced by Catholicism. Catholicism, there's always, like, some sort of prayer mm-hmm. that, or blessing for the food. And then once they do that, it's, then, it's game time. Yeah, it's game time. Play, Usually go. children, elders go first, yeah, then the yeah, children. Yeah, kind of a... The men just kind of hang out and drink their beer, and then once they They've been, like, snacking through, on the barbecue yeah, all day. Because they're the ones barbecuing, you know? Right. You know? Right. So they're, they're like, been not eating. as hungry, yeah. you know? mm-hmm. So <laughs> then they, when, when, once everyone's gone through, then they go through, and they have their food. But it's so cool. I miss it, because you, you, everyone's just kind of mingling with whoever, you know, there's always someone to talk to. As a kid, it was fun because I would go, if I wanted to hear really lame dad jokes and things go that I didn't understand, go hang out with the dad. Like, like hear some hot goss. Yeah, I'll just go, go with moms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're feeling down and you just want to be loved on, go see your auntie and she'll tell you how cool you are. <laughs> or if your mom scolded you, go see grandma and oh, cry. Oh, <laughs> another thing too is there's always babies. Oh, For I those love of babies. you that just want to like hold, hold a baby. baby, you know what I mean? A freaking cute baby too. There's all always a cute baby. There's, there's, always, like, there's always like a fresh little yeah, like something There's there. always a baby. Oh, always a baby. least one or Yes. Maybe, maybe a couple. Depends what side. Yeah, I no. feel like. Uh, I think there's always at least one, and that baby is being loved on. That baby, yeah, has, everyone's like, like rolls on rolls. <laughs> They're like, let me hold like a baby. Yeah, and everyone yeah. just wants to bite the baby. Like it's this term <laughs> in Guam is called magodai, and it explains this like where you get aggressive like, love. Ooh. You know, like when you see something, you're like, oh, it's so cute. I just want to. I just want to eat it. I just want to eat it. Yeah, that's that's the term for that. So you just want (laughs) to, everyone just like goes to the baby and they like squeeze the little rolls and they take turns holding the baby. And then after like the fourth person, the baby's crying. Yeah. (laughs) But Winston's chicken is so good. Right? Oh my gosh. It's not quite jerk chicken. And that's the thing too, is it's it's kind of, it's like metamorphed into like, I guess now it's currently like my version of Mm -hmm. what I do. And that's the thing, you know, a lot of these recipes that, like, I learned from my dad, some of them he's, like, specifically explained, mm-hmm. and other ones I just kind of, like, would watch, and then be like, He's like, oh. you know how to make it, you don't need me to tell you. Yeah, not only mm-hmm. like that, you know, it's one of those things where everyone kind of has their own little, like, flavor, or, like, 
tries to add their like little their know, signature. Yeah. And What's so, your signature, Celine? For me, I don't know. I think I tend to go. She goes on the drier side, I think. Yeah, and I like I like definitely like, like my garlic ginger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all. Oh, versus versus the other one. <laughs> Which is wrong. Yeah. We have an inside joke. Okay. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's about our little brother we love. Or my little brother, her little older brother. brother. Who, Clint? Who likes yeah. to eat raw chicken? No, he likes his pork. Like, I mean, I get this. People eat pork on the medium. Well, here's the thing. Is Clint going to listen to this? I don't care. So I already explained this to him. This is our... This is... This is we're where we're at. I said, here. you know, me, you, and Celine Clint, we all, like, cook really well, but we all have that thing that we cheat on that we're just like, whatever, I don't care. And so for me, it's, like, like things like soups or whatever that take, uh, you know, that you don't want to actually get Like, Clint, yeah, well, yeah, and I just want it done fast. Like, I want it, like, I won't spend extra time trying to cook it. Like, just throw it in the Instant Pot. I don't care what throw it in. It won't taste as good. Like, my brother makes better soup than me. This soup called kadu, where you just, like, slowly cook beef and then or you're chicken at, oh, yeah. or whatever. It's and it's like so a good. He'll even fry up garlic for it. Like, he goes to, like, he'll go to the 10th step just to make that perfect. For me, I will cook meat till it falls off the bone, and that's the only way I want to eat it. Like, I won't. I won't skip on that. I will make sure it's caramelized at the end and then it's falling off the bone. That's how I want to do it. Celine, like she is, she's all about, she also cooks good food on top of that, but like the presentation, everything looks good. Like she'll take that extra step to make sure it all like functionally goes well. No ugly, delicious no, stuff yeah. here. But the thing that we like, <laughs> so like Celine, the weird thing though is like she'll make complicated stuff but not go the extra mile to make the big batch. Like, she'll make something like lumpia, which takes forever, but, like, make, like, 24. Whereas, like, that, any, any tomorrow's, like, are you crazy? Or yeah, like, they gave me, like, 50 yesterday, and I was, like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm going to spend four hours. I, and I'm, like, like man, oh, you already yeah. took that much time. It didn't take me that long. It took me, like, 45 minutes. Yeah, to me, that's a long time. <laughs> he, and then Clint... He'll skip out on cooking the meat longer than he Well, okay, this is what I think Clint's problem is. This is funny that we're going into this right now. Clint's problem. Okay, I think it's more time management. So my brother's known for he gets distracted and, like, you know, maybe he's, like, supposed to be cooking dinner, but Mm -hmm. the next thing you know, he's, like, on his computer, like, watching a podcast or listening to one. And I think it's just, like, since he's at his... In his own and in, in in his home in his mm-hmm. own element, he kind of just like takes his time, and then next thing you know, everyone's like starving and waiting for the barbecue. Oh, that's what it so might he's be. like, "Oh, it's done," and then he pulls it, and we're like, "But." But it's not done because that, that's the you're thing. You're gonna with, make us all sick, Clint. And that's the thing with like <laughs> me is I'm the type where. I have this weird, just maybe because it's like when you're cooking for the masses, well, you like you're don't want to. Yeah, that's you don't want to make people right? sick, right? Like I'm okay. I guess it's okay. Making... He can make us sick. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want that. But you know, I think it's just kind of everyone too. Like they have their style. I remember going to like a few. I'm not going to name any names in case. Oh yeah, some people name. actually do undercook. Their yeah, meat. and it's mm-hmm. weird. Like you mm-hmm. know, when you're going to a certain person's house, like oh, check the chicken to make sure or it's don't cooked, get the or, chicken. Like, just don't. Or you're like, yeah. you know, I don't know, like, <laughs> Uncle so-and-so is, like, a little bit, he's had too many beers, and I don't know if he knows if it's done or not, mm-hmm. or if he's just and even just attention. Um, but, yeah, it's one of those things where, like, you can go to any house in Guam, and, like I said, you'll find all these, like, 
hits or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. Like the standard fiesta the standard play. Fiesta. Mm-hmm. And everyone has their like version of doing it. Um some a little bit better than mm-hmm. yeah, some better and than some most. cooks are better than others. Yeah. Just like, like here. We've gone to some places like and that's the one funny thing too about Guam is any event, so if it's a birthday party, a death uh, you know, a graduation, a wedding, a wedding. six month baby. Yeah. yeah, you know, like or anything. There's six month baby. What's that? You know, like where know. people have like six months and then tw- like they do every month. You know, like where um, they do the birthdays. Oh, you know, they they, like, ce- they celebrate at, like, months. Yes, there's just, some like, people who do like oh, it's just my baby's six months. Like let's that's have a barbecue. I think it's an excuse just to have a barbecue. If Maybe, but that's like you find it's cause people want people to love on their baby. That's probably it too. Also, people want to. It's a baby. Bags. Huh? People love making treat bags. Like, What's a like treat those, bag? You know, you like, like kids? A, oh, you mean like, like, a, little, yeah. like a party favor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those That's things. also another thing you find. I forgot but about would that. would you put like candy and stuff in it? Like we would Or hear? cookies yeah. that, you, that people make? Mm. Mm-hmm. Certain Lots people will do like homemade little, um, like these coconut cookies. Are those, oh, those are Ruschetti. Oh, yeah. Where it's kind of like What's a, that? it's oh. like a, ver- a cross of like a, Tea, Russian tea, it's like a tea cookie, cookie, but, but it's lemony. Lemony, and it, they do it in like a swirl. Mm-hmm. So oh. I don't know. I've never made them, but I feel like they got to be like a wettish kind of batter because they make it's like they no. pipe it, right? No, because they it roll dries. it. They, they dry. roll it. it dries really it's thin, almost right? like a almost like a shortbread cookie too, uh-huh. but with coconut. See, your nose are baked goods. I'm not. Yeah, because I watched my grandma. My grandma used to make it, and she made such good ones. But she made it with yellow cake mix. Hmm. Yeah, so she's like kind of. So we could probably find this recipe online oh, yeah. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, a lot we of more recipes. There's yeah. this, um, like. The, Is there a blog? That well, people, there's this grocery the store in Guam called Payless where it's like your go to Hagen or, you it's know. not like, the shoe Payless. <laughs> no, 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 no. But it's like called. They do not sell shoes. Mm, no, 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 yeah. But it's kind of like. But they do their flip flops. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's yeah, you're actually, dumb tourists that you're about to bring you're there. You're actually 100% correct on that. Um, but they now have these, like, Chamorro cooking little, like, vlogs, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. how Tasty does and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Where they show you how to make all your Chamorro classic hits. That's, so, and that's kind of crazy considering, like, the population of Guam is under 200,000 people on mm-hmm. the island. Of yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's Chamorro people all over the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a call for it because... Yeah. People who are living in the United States or maybe they're living in Europe or mm-hmm. other parts of Asia, they want to be able to create those recipes from home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe they never learned or maybe they just found out that, mm-hmm. you know, actually my family's from Guam and I don't mm-hmm. know anything about Guam. And I will say that is the thing about Guam is it's kind of like the Philippines where it's like that expat sort of like mentality, I guess you want to say, where, you know, you, you grow up there, you're there from a young age and you realize like there's... Not that there's not a lot of opportunities, but your opportunities are very limited. It's either working for the government or the military or getting into tourism, you know? And I think most people realize, like, if you want to... To not do that? Well, or, you know, like, you have to move to the mainland to get those... Well, I kind of... I'm gonna... I'll give an example. Like, that's what my dad did, I guess. Yeah, my dad left Guam to go to Walla Walla. For his family. That was a big sacrifice, especially, you know, my mom had but never But it was like left. job opportunity. Yeah, job too. opportunity. And it wasn't the best. You know, we're into, Whoa, like, gosh. getting a big culture shock. Right. You know? Well, for people who are listening that don't live in Washington State, 
Walla Walla is on the eastern side of the state. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a pretty small town. It's like, like agriculture. A, there used to be a prison there. There's still, oh, there's still there's like the penitentiary. Penitentiary there. So mm-hmm. and then it's like a population of like 30,000 people, something like that. Yeah. Um, so very small. Yeah. And it's cold. And yeah. it's and, and it's it, a farm. And it's a farming community. Yeah, farming community. There's a lot of um, like Mexican Americans, mm-hmm. Latinx people mm-hmm. that live in that area yeah. too. Those were all my friends. Those yeah. are all your friends. Those are our were, friends. They were like, "Oh, look, brown people from a different place." Basically, yeah. mm-hmm. like you're not there. First of all, there isn't a, lo- a big Asian population there either. Whoa. Any Asian person I knew was adopted. Mm. So you know, and, and and there are Asians there. There's like Thai restaurants, you know. So there right, were right. more, but that but, was later too. I yeah. mean, that was like when we were in but high like, school. Hardly any Pacific Islanders in like no. like we knew one. There was the one, and then we made friends with them right away. <laughs> yeah, because they were like, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think you know, like I, like with Filipinos and other Pacific Islanders, you're always kind of looking for that thing that reminds you of home. Even where Filipinos who never grew up in the Philippines but were raised in that culture, when you go to some that's so unlike where, where your community from. is you're like wanting to seek out anything that resembles that or reminds you of the things of home and so i i don't know i i left guam i tried to go back you know as a in my early 20s that one <laughs> and um i tried to see what i was going to do career wise in guam you know and i just couldn't figure out what I wanted to do and the only thing I knew that I really wanted to do was to do art and Mm -hmm. so I made the decision to move back to the states because I don't think I would have had the success in that I have now in Guam you know but do you think now that you've established yourself a little bit you can maybe move like spend half the year there or something like that for sure because the, the, my idea, my intention is to always come back, you know, and come back with the knowledge and come back with, not to say that I know more than anyone else, but there are different things that I've learned and how to, like, I don't know. To, it's like a landlocked island. There's only so yeah, much stuff that and you're comes influenced through there by what you can see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it is really hard. And the cool thing, though, is I, when I was there last time, there's this place called the Chamorro Village, which is like a touristy place. But what I've noticed like is like an open market. Yeah. Mm. They like used to have just stores with like knickknacks that you find in any touristy place. Yeah, where you can tell they're all but just they like Guam. And yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, but it's yeah. like basically. But it totally wasn't made in Guam. <laughs> yeah. But last time I was there, you know, when uh, I got married, because um, we spent a long time there, we went there and there were young people, younger than me, having their own business. They were doing things like making their own t-shirts, like Sling Guam Official is one of them. And they, we bought like slings to sling stones because that's part of the Tremoro culture. That's actually how Tremoros fought off the Spanish. You know, mm-hmm. they slung stones at them. And so like having these young people like trying to do this local and this handmade type thing was really cool. That, and it was unique. It was unique. Because, yeah. and it, it kind of brought back some yeah. of that old culture with what's yeah. mo- happening yeah. in modern, modern times. Yeah, and that's kind of what my goal is with art is to do that and to have things that remind you of like Pacific Islander and Asian cultures, mm-hmm. um, but in not something that you'll find in a tourist store. You know, right. not yeah. like it's more craft, more it's craft, not... more modern, more hip and updated. You mm-hmm. know, and that's I, now I bet if I if I were me back then living in Guam, I could totally do that because mm-hmm. they're just really trying to embrace the art, the culture, and 
I don't know. It, it's changing fast, and it's really good. It's changing. That's for the very cool to mm-hmm. see that, though. I'm sure. Yeah. But do you think that after you know you've raised your family mm-hmm. and you're gonna retire, do you see yourself retiring in Guam? Do you see yourself living in Guam that's again? That's always something that's like we end up, you know, going back and talking with like our partners or like your husband and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you end up kind of discussing it because that's for us. I think we've had such a mixed. Yeah, because you're Lifestyle, not. It's right? like when you go to Guam, they're like, "Oh, here's the Sonicids from the United States." Well, not only that, it's right? Weird. Like you get there, and you know, being in Washington State or kind of the Pacific Northwest, I can get in my car and drive to Vancouver in an hour and a half mm-hmm. and spend a day in a different country. I can yeah. go down to Seattle. You know, there's like all these things that are readily available to you, or even flying, right? Like, mm-hmm. if I want to jump on a plane and fly anywhere in the United States, it's going to be a quarter of the price that it is in Guam, right? Because yeah. mm-hmm. everything to get is so there. far away. Yeah, yeah. and so, so you know, far. once you live there, and a ticket to go back to the mainland is like $2,000 average, you know, you kind of get a little, like, stuck there and that was a feeling for me you know after a couple weeks like being there you're like man I you feel like you're on an island yeah and I mean it's amazing and great but you know growing up in this area where getting in a car and driving 50 some miles isn't a big deal you know like I drive to Mount Baker every day and drive like 52 miles and it doesn't feel like anything we would go around the entire island of Guam given it's what 32 miles long yeah you can go from the tip of like the northern part all the way down south and back in less than three yeah. hours, you know, and that's yeah. even it's like taking 45 stops and getting snacks. Yeah, you can even walk across. It yeah, and so it's, really <laughs> it's kind of insane because you're yeah. like, you know, there's only so much you can get. There's still a lot to do. So I guess part of it too is Celine was, Celine's like three years younger, but the time that we all moved together were very crucial points yeah, in our like life. Like a nine. preteen and a, and like, a kid, like a child, so, yeah. you know. I like, didn't even know when we were moving, I, like, didn't comprehend yeah. what was happening. Or a teenager. I just remember they're like, I'm going to get on this plane and move away from my family, but not even know where but I was really going register. to. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and even, like, getting here, I just remember, I feel like being the younger sibling, like, mm-hmm. it was so easy for me to adapt. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. a little bit more than her, you know. Wasn't was, for me. Yeah. I was like... <laughs> So my impression of what the states was going to be like, and especially because we moved to Washington, I was like, Seattle is going to be American Pie. And I gave away all my cool stuff that you could never find in Walla Walla or in Washington at the time. Like all my cool Hello Kitty stationery, like before Hello Kitty got popular, all this other, there's this Korean brand of stationery called Morning Glory that I collected too and I had like all this oh, cool stuff. you gave it all away? I gave it away because I was like, bye. I, I like Kelly from The Office when she thought she was going to Florida but she was going yeah. somewhere else. That's how I felt. I was like, bye, later, peace out everyone. And then we go to Walla Walla and I was like, what did you do? Like, I was like, oh, we pulled in like this like six, you know, like those tiny planes where it's like it fits literally a pilot and like six people. We ended up, like, okay, we landed in Seattle. We had this layover. And I remember, like, my mom, this was what kind of, like, made it go, oh, wait, what's going on? My mom started freaking out because she's like, I am not, that's the plane. I am yeah. not getting in that plane. So and you start panicking as a child. Right, because, like, your mother's <laughs> acting all weird. Like, where are we going? Yeah. Like, why are we getting in this yeah. tiny plane? And I remember it's literally, like, a shack. Like, it was, like, this one like tiny little At the point, it looked house. Like, like a bus station. Almost. Not even a bus station. But it was smaller. like a tiny little room with like a roof over Maybe, it and know. in like the this house huge that you moved No, no, the, oh, airport the airport in Walla Walla <laughs> before they built the new one. It was just like it looked like this tiny shack in this huge parking lot with like a runway. 
Like we were like, it probably was. And then we just would have been what ninety. This was in like ninety nine. It was tiny. And and I just remember driving from the airport to our hotel, which was on the other side of town. Like we went from like the north side all the way down to like, you know, whatever the end of Walla Walla. And I remember we were like, that's it? And my dad was like, yup, you passed the mall, which, like, so had... So he had gone beforehand and, like... No, no. He yeah. just kind of, like, did a he little He just, bit like, he said, he just, like, saw it. It was, like, Washington. Yeah, Washington. Yeah, yeah, I have aunts. Like, I, you know, like, we had but not sisters that grew up in there. Yeah, because when you're from Guam, you don't understand the scale of, like, what it is to drive from one end of the state to the other. Four hours is mind-boggling to someone from Guam because right. that's not, you know, that's not your normal trip. And so to, you know, to adjust to that and then to, like, going from a, a school where everyone kind of knew everyone, it was your family, your cousins, you were always protected by your family and your tribe and, like, people who look like you oh, to yeah, going to a, a place one. where nobody looks like you yeah. and it's such a tiny community everyone knows everyone and everyone was town. like oh, oh yeah you speak spanish right no yeah. literally my first day of school people i just remember we i think because you know it's kind of like everyone was kind of like identifying with their group i was the the one new kid in that school and i think i was like fifth grade i remember no fourth grade i skipped my second i can't remember grade, something so like fifth grade and i, and I think um, <laughs> I, like, I just remember like a group of like four like really cool Mexican girls come running up to me and they're like speaking rapid Spanish and I didn't even know that like Spanish like or like what they were speaking was a language so I was so confused because like I only speak English and I just remember saying that and they were like where are you from because you know if you're Mexican like you speak Spanish Yeah. yeah and so it was just one of those things where like for me, that was such a culture shock of these people kind of look like my people, but we are not even speaking the same language, yeah. you know? And, like, it was just such a bizarre moment, but they ended up becoming, like, my best friends, you know? And we, right. we hung out. Like, their parents would bring us, you know, pozole food, and food on the weekends, you know? All, we were just talking about that. I was like, man, I really miss, like, the, they were called the Mirandas. That was their last name, and they were our neighbors. And, like, you know, we're all really close friends with them still, but, like... Uh, their mom, she didn't speak English, but she would always send the kids with, like, with, like food, food for us. Weekend, and I was like, yeah. oh, what was that? What was that even? Like, I yeah. don't even know what that was. We were like, what's so hominy? What? You know, I like, know. having this, like, experience. It similar, but not. Yeah. You know? It's a little similar, but But the different. thing that, going back to what you asked, like, do we see ourselves? I think, you know, it is a little different for each of us, because me and Celine, you know, like, we have similar experiences, but different at the same time, because I also did move back several times to right. try and stay there and so I and I think Celine resonates with this as well I know my brother does with this feeling like you're never quite belonging anywhere you know like when we yeah, moved back sure. to Guam because I looked like an emo girl and like just you like have an accent you have an a accent, main now, accent you know because when we were little we had a thick islander accent you know and i i remember getting made fun of at school for that you know like why do you talk like that you know and so i tried really hard to pronounce my words or whatever um and so um moving back people actually call me statesider they're like you're not from here are you like yeah i am and they're like well i can tell you're not from here you sound like a statesider the, the burn i just remember that like first hearing it being "Ooh, that one hurt was yeah. when I, I remember like being in high school and someone's like oh so you're a coconut and i was like what's that mean they're like you're brown on the outside and white on the inside, inside. and i was like "Ooh, that's so yeah. well because you know you still want to identify 
up here like yeah. my family's like established up north like you I don't even know teachers just like yeah, you I'll, did yeah you know like so that kind was of, the thing that, that people heard like, no it hurts okay just because we sound and we like dressed like the way we did you know to me like i remember as a child my grandma speaking tomorrow to me which is like the language there mm-hmm. and i would respond to her in english i i understood her you know but and you the, didn't respond yeah and yeah. like the thing Celine and my brother and i we still we like make food we like say tomorrow words for things like it's all it's my instinct like i told my husband like I, when I, or Colin, you know him, Jesus. <laughs> but when but I, know. yeah, they know. Um, when I would think of a response to something or like my brain's initial response, sometimes it was the tomorrow word, but I would say English because no one around me understood tomorrow. So why so you would had I had to it? edit yourself? Yeah, in I a had way. to edit. And like now, you know, because my husband's been to Guam a couple of times, like I say tomorrow stuff and he'll even ask, oh, what's the word for that? You know, and he actually knows some of the things now. Like I feel like it's relatable in a way. So now I can use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Colin and I have said, you know, eventually we want, if we have kids, to take them to Guam because that's actually, it's important to me that they know about their culture. And mm-hmm. I know I can't teach them as much as it would be for them to be immersed into it. Right. Because it's not even and about also to learning. be with your parents yeah. and their grandparents. Yeah, my parents and, and my aunties who speak it, who say it, because you forget until you're in context. And you're like, yeah. oh, that's, of course I know what that meant. Like, and, and that's honestly the, like, the really hard part because, you know, before, like, realizing as an adult that like this is actually super important mm-hmm. as kids you know when we look at our cousins or like everyone around us no one spoke more I mean like the elders your parents would speak it like brokenly mixed with English but growing up like primarily even like with my grandma living in our home for several years she spoke, she spoke but you know like English was the primary, what like, you spoke at home. yeah, and, and and probably no tomorrow taught in schools. No, oh, like, but tomorrow there was, but it was taught. like you know you would go kind of like a PE class where you would only go for a little yeah. bit and like it not was, every day. And I think it, it it's changing now to where they are, are making it a priority because they they're losing the language. They're yeah. losing they're the language. Like, no one our culture. age speaks it. I mean, there's yeah. a few people who can like speak it semi-fluently but mm-hmm. to find someone who can speak fluent tomorrow the smaller that's young, islands though the yeah Saipan, you're right they 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 like Saipan the culture, yeah. there's like there i would say there was a deeper connection to the culture than guam has because out of you know the outer lying islands of the marianas was it rota Saipan, guam and tinian are the only ones with Wait, tomorrow's yeah. and like the rest are kind of a different type of pacific islander mm-hmm. um yeah. And it's not much of as much of a melting pot as Guam. So think of yeah. Guam as like so the Guam's city. like yeah, yeah, and Guam's like what's been influenced to like the American culture, the mm-hmm. Japanese culture, where you know um, that's like where the major airport is. Right. So it, because your culture had to adapt, but yes. their culture has been able to remain yeah. because people haven't been coming in and messing with yeah. them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so that's that's been you know it's been hard because you know like I said in Guam felt like other and then in the states you feel like other because there isn't a lot of tomorrows and so having to find that balance of i'm constantly i can see the good in both and i'm constantly feeling like i'm having to pivot you know like okay guam it seems like it's going to support my career and the type of lifestyle i want so maybe i'll venture there and um 
Uh, and, Guess is showing yeah, up. Guess is showing up. He's shocking. It's adorable. <laughs> and, and then just, you know, like in the States, you know, being in Bellingham was a very strategic plan for me. Nothing brought me to Bellingham other than my brother said, maybe you should move here and try and do the art thing here. And I did. And it worked. So I stuck with it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's hard because I feel like whether or not I want to fully commit to living in Guam and doing this, I feel like I will always have this thing above me like, oh, but you lived in the States or you did that, you know? And mm-hmm. so, and it it could very well just be thoughts that I have based off of little interactions that I had. And so my challenge was to kind of find peace in just who I am. Like, I don't have to speak tomorrow on the daily and to someone to prove that I'm tomorrow. I know I'm tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I know wh- how, how, what it means to me and how important my culture is, how, how the food, you know, how important the food is to me and, and the family. And I don't have to prove that to anyone. And same with like, you know, living here in the States. Like I don't have to feel like I have to be white or American enough, you know, not white, sorry. Just like, no. it, cause my it's husband's white, 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 you yeah. know? And so it, it is this thing like, I found peace in just feeling like, oh, am I not proper enough, or am I like not tomorrow enough? It. I are just, you stateside? Are you yeah, an island? Yeah, yeah, I'm both, and that mm-hmm. I I'm making peace with that because if I if I feel any guilt or anger about well. I don't want to be stateside. I disrespect the choice that my dad made. That which he did not. It was a difficult choice to make. Yeah. You know, to it was bring a big his sacrifice family. for him. Yeah, to like uproot, but to give his children the opportunity. Like Celine wouldn't have this opportunity. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have the opportunity to be an artist. You know. Right. And so and, it's and Clint would just be yeah. a beach bum somewhere. Probably <laughs> yeah. have like five kids. Yeah. And, like, you know. Could be eating Clint's all the girls all the love Clint when we were there in Guam. I was like, oh my god, because he's like, he's my nerdy brother. You know, he my brother's actually really cool. He's like, could totally kick anyone's butt. He does all like <laughs> jujitsu jiu-jitsu, and yeah. stuff like that. But he's like, and he's also an artist. Yeah, as he's well. an artist. He's an amazing artist. He's more like fine art and um, is also you know he deals with the same things that we deal with and all just on different scales and with different. I feel like you can see if you ever look at Clint's art you can see that kind of like turmoil in him Mm -hmm. where it's like trying to identify with that like cultural part of like man I really like what did I lose by being the person who grew up in Washington State versus like growing up in Guam Mm -hmm. and having that exposure and that experience because you know like I'm not gonna lie sometimes like you know you go on social media and you see like the conversations amongst the cousins or like like that connection like that you still feel like they have because they see each other every Mm -hmm. weekend and you know, not that like you can't communicate with people across the world. It's like, just nowadays, difficult. It's just different because you're not in that energy. You're not in like mm-hmm. that room where you know there's like like I said, twenty other people, and you can mm-hmm. barely hear the conversation in front of you. But there's this like connection that you get every weekend from like mm-hmm. you know from watching going to the family. Yeah, 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 and feeling like hey, and like, even I get just... to catch up with you every week yeah. instead of being like once every year or two years. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. And it is, and it's different. You know, and a lot of it is our personalities. Like if we were in Guam at a fiesta, the three of us are more likely to be the ones to just kind of like sit back and like observe or like hang out with the kids, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's our personality. And it feels like it takes a lot of effort to like 
have to, you know, I try really hard to stay in touch with the family with the texting, but it is a lot of effort because I don't even call, I don't even call my mom every like every day. Yeah, yeah it's every kind day. of like sad. She, and it's not, because like, just she calls like, time zone too. Yeah, you know? she's always busy and so she's like, I'll call you back, but then she doesn't. But so, you also have like what, I think like a four hour perfect window of it's not too early for them it's and it's early. not too late for you. Because mm-hmm. like a lot of the conversations, you know, it's either you waking them up really early or me having to kind of stay up and wait till it's a good enough time for like my parents to have a conversation with me. Right. So I think, yeah, a big part of it is like the time zone difference. I was telling Sierra, we have this like family chat sort of like thing going on where I literally had to like turn it off and, and like get rid of it basically because at three in the morning every night my phone would just be blowing up and even if I put it in silent like you can see it lighting up and doing its thing and I was like just turn your phone over I know (laughs) but you know I'm I'm the type where I get better I'm like oh this is annoying you know like she does I don't have the time. She's like, whatever. But you um, know, it's it's that thing where you want to connect, but it's being hard. So far away from you know your your home and your family, it can be kind of difficult in certain yeah. parts. But and um, it is sad because like we do, you know, we sit and reminisce, and that's what food. Sorry, that's why she's food eating. Is, it. I know <laughs> food is so important to us because it's a way for us to connect. You know, with our even family. if it's us three, like mm-hmm. me, you, and Clint, you know, we do that every birthday. Like if we're not going out, we're making a fiesta play. And when it's cold and when it's dark and gloomy, we make the traditional like soups and stuff that from home, you know. And we like eat it and we think about it. It is to the point where Colin, my husband, like knows how to make kudu now because he's like, oh, I just <laughs> I really want it. Yeah, kudu. yeah. Can you make it? I'm like, you make it. You know? the same thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, can you make this? I'm like, oh, that's such a time-consuming thing, but I guess, you Yeah, because it's like, it's that, like, home-cooked meal that you, that your grandma or your auntie would make. Like, one time, when we were there last time, we all went on this long hike in our family's property in the northern part of the island. And then afterwards, we go to see my aunt who lives in the neighborhood just to kind of like wash up, just to say hi, because that's where we parked our car. You have to. Like, if yeah. they see your car, you yeah. can stop by yeah. and say hi. Yeah, then you're, you're in trouble. You know? <laughs> yeah. And it's my mom's older sister, so you have to pay her respects. And because she knew that's what we were doing, by the time we came back, she had made a big pot of this kudu, which is like this clear broth with like meat, some sort of meat. She made it with beef that had been cooking with onions and garlic and ginger. And you eat that over rice. Sounds amazing. Uh, and she like got KFC because everyone loves KFC. I love KFC. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like fried chicken. Fried chicken. Japan love yeah. KFC too. It's fried chicken. I think something about like hot white rice yeah. and like fried chicken. Uh-huh. And then it is a good combination. It is. And then After we eat it with finadeni. Mm. And like yeah, you're right. It's funny because so you even, eat the fried chicken with finadeni. Yeah. Yeah. You put like you know, and that's the thing is you have to get like the little bit of like the chopped onion, the yeah. pepper. Like, yeah. It makes that in the bite. The rice, oh, it's so good. Gosh, now I'm hungry again. And I know. I still have all this food. I know. <laughs> but I... it's funny because, yeah, you're right. Like, you were talking about how Colin, you know, starts, like, reminiscing. Like, my partner, Eric, will do the same. And Caitlin, where we're like... They're we're, all white. Yeah, they're all white. And that's the funniest thing the is, you know... children yeah. all married we, white We're people. the only one yeah. in our family. So we have, like, so many cousins. Like, hundreds. 
And I'm including maybe both. a few of them have maybe yeah been maybe a, of yeah that's blonde, true a few but, but the only one where no actually Auntie Bobby's kids too yeah yeah but she also lives in the states so all the family members who live stateside all their kids married white people right if you're gonna make a connection and like yeah. are you gonna meet another tomorrow and if yeah. you grew up with them like that's kind of that's weird. kind of weird like, it's like but my also cousins. it's a little yeah. bit incestual yeah, yeah. yeah. oh no uh, there's been a funny couple yeah. stories you're like you're that oh my gosh I didn't know you were that. Yeah. Like you show up to a barbecue and you see like you go kiss your like you know aunt and then like someone else and you're like how do you know them and like yeah. whoa that's like my second cousin and you're like whoa yeah that's, that's what's too- so weird and that's why I tell you know it's hard for me I tell people it sounds it's, this is gonna sound terrible but I don't care but it's like hard for me to be attracted to someone who looks like they could be related to me. Or just, like, everyone looks like your cousin, almost. Yeah, because that's who I think of. I think of my guy cousins. They're my brothers. Like, we call our cousins, we don't call them cousins. When we're there, like, sis. Bro and sis. Like, all our guy cousins, they call us sis, you know? And same with our girl cousins. And so, because we have that closeness. Like, we're we're siblings, you know? And, And to think of, like, someone who looks like my brother or someone who looks like my cousins, I'm just, like... I can't move past that, and yeah. maybe that's, that's why fair. I've been attracted to uh, to Colin. Yeah, to Colin. Well, I think they do like blonde hair, hazel eyes. I think part of it's like yeah. that weird psychological aspect of like, all right, we grew up, and you maybe know, it's because like, maybe genetically it's my body trying and to be like, let's make these genes cross, like, let's go <laughs> give a little let's bit just, of diversity, yeah, yeah diverse, diversify the future. Let's just do it. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's kind of weird because I think I have like the same, you know, when I look back at like every person I've dated, they've been, white. you know, white. Same. And so same. I have to go like, I okay. dated one Mexican dude though, but he had green eyes, a light skin and like light hair. So he was. And I think too. Interesting. <laughs> right? Interesting. We start analyzing. You're like, I don't know about this. Maybe I like the same but type. I told Colin when I was little, I remember in Guam, I was five, riding my like big wheel, like tricycle with a big one in the front. Mm -hmm. And I'm like riding it in the garage or the not garage. It's just like a little whatever driveway. And I'm like riding it around. And it was right after home alone got out. And I was like, I just, I just want Macaulay Culkin to pull up on the, in a limo on the driveway. (laughs) Take me away and marry me. And I was like, Five. And so I think that it was started at a really young so age. So you left Colin as Macaulay Culkin. I know. That's what I told him. I told She's him that yesterday. That and he's like, dreams. you are so weird. It's okay. It's okay. We appreciate that. Whatever. He appreciates the food we cook. <sighs> and I think that says something a lot about the culture and the food of the culture itself that people who are not even within the culture yeah. mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. Like, And that's a funny thing is going like the few people I've met where it's like, you know, you can tell when you see someone across from me, like they look like they could be Pacific Islander, maybe even tomorrow. Like you kind of start getting hopeful. And the few people I've met in town that either they're tomorrow or someone sees you with like the shirt from Guam and like, Hey, my roommate's tomorrow. And like, I love Everything the food. They, yes, the number one thing they say is, oh my gosh, you guys make the best food. And I'm always kind of like shocked by that because yeah. you, know, you look at other like Korean food, Japanese food. Because like, that's our favorite. <laughs> yeah, like that's our sort of like favorite thing to go out and eat. But yeah. I'm like, I get what you're saying because it's like, it's, it's got everything. It's yeah. got like the it's salt the melting and the acid. Pot. Yeah, it it's the mel- melting pot on a plate, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And but lumpia. I love lumpia. I love Everyone lumpia. loves lumpia. Everybody loves How can you not? Yeah. It's just, I, maybe it's I'm so just good. a little biased, but I feel like my dad's recipe is the best. Because of what? Uh, lumpia? I, uh, lumpia? Yeah. 
lumpia that I've had so far. We've had a lot of lumpia in our life, and I will say I feel the same way, Sierra. Okay, thank you. And I think it's because my dad takes that extra little step to add that extra little something. I'm not gonna say because it's a family recipe. It's a secret. It's a secret. Secret. But like I've heard other people's recipe and what they put in, because people who tried like their mother-in-law's lumpia or their grandma's lumpia, they're like, yours is different. Yours is so good. What do you do to yours? And I tell them, well, what do you put in yours? And they tell me, I'm like, oh, like that, but then another extra step. But you know, I'm not going to tell you. But this. I'm not going to yeah. tell you. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, and when I was in middle school, I had a friend, Angelina. Her mom was Filipino. She was half Filipino. Mm-hmm. And her mom used to make lumpia for us as an after-school snack all the time. Man, you lucky. And I, I loved it. And she, we would, like, roll out the lumpia. Yeah. And she'd tell a story of the Philippines. Mm. And it was so fun. It was so yeah. nice. And then they moved away. No. No, no more lumpia. And no more lumpia. <laughs> and then Celine started working with us. And I was like you make lumpia yeah. I um, make yeah. some yes. that's what she made me some was yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. that's that's reminiscent of how it is growing up in Guam because we have a million aunties and anywhere you go there's you know someone telling you a story about your other aunt and your mom and your dad you know and just giving you really good advice and that's so that's another reason why you know going back to would I ever live there yeah because I think one of the most valuable things for us was growing up in a community with mm-hmm. different age groups, you know, because you had yeah. someone to relate to constantly. If you needed the wisdom of a 17-year-old because you're nine, you had that because you can't relate to a 45-year-old, you know. Mm-hmm. The perspective when they tell you, oh, this is going to be okay because this, you just don't understand. And so there's these different tiers. So as a young adult, I could talk to my aunties and, you know, they're all different age groups. So you find yeah. the one that could relate to you but still give you enough wisdom to like be hopeful or to make the right decision you know Mm -hmm. so there was all of that and like if you weren't getting along with your parents then go to your grandma or go to your auntie like if you weren't getting what you you just said that I never really realized because you're right like my my like mom siblings right there's like a huge range of age where my mom even has her nieces and nephews are closer to her age than they are to her sisters or like you know like we'll have aunts and uncles who like older siblings old enough to be her parents yeah Mm -hmm. exactly right there's you know my family's irish catholic i understand you understand this but you know like it's true right like as a young adult we had aunts who were like in their early 20s who we thought were like cool and i didn't even Mm -hmm. know she was my aunt i was like Mm -hmm. that's my cousin and i remember my dad being like you're disrespectful why are you calling her yeah Yeah. like why are you calling her by your first name you need to call her like auntie Auntie. blah 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 and i was like well i thought she's my cousin like i didn't realize i didn't know i could have an aunt that's like 20 something you know like it was just really weird for me but it's true like you can relate to Mm -hmm. whoever you wanted at the time where if you needed like an advice from like an elder you can go to your grandma or like her sisters and kind of like talk to and them then you and see, get a story. And, and, and then you also see when it's your turn, like, I love seeing this last time where they're the young, the older, younger kids taking care of the babies, you know, like, nine-year-olds taking care of babies and just, like, teaching them, no, don't do that, or, you know, no, sissy, don't touch that, no, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So the parent didn't have to, yeah, waste energy. You can, like, go hang yeah. out with, like, you know, yeah, your and cousins really and cool. family. Because then I get to, like, hang out with my cousin's kids and be like the fun and teach them things that you know some of them weren't responding well to their mom or whatever and like pull them aside and be like hey it's okay and like what are you what are you frustrated about you know Mm -hmm. like why are you acting this way and so 
it, it's really cool because you, I went so from really seeking village, advice like to now giving detail. advice, <laughs> and it is literally a village, and you, there, yeah. it's always just the the tiers are constantly changing, and I feel like that's so valuable, and that's not what we get here. Right? You know? Yeah, it's, it, that is interesting. Yeah, because you're right. But there's other cultures that operate in the same way. Yeah. You see that all over the world. Yeah. So we're really, while we're all different, we yeah. are all, all the same. same. <laughs> I think so. That was one thing that I was talking about. I was like, the thing that's always the same is your fears and your joys. Mm-hmm. We all love to eat. We all love to laugh. We all love our, you know, for the most part, we love our family. We're community. We mm-hmm. all have this sense of wanting to belong to something. And we're all afraid of those being taken away right in different aspects you right. know and so that's to understand like no matter what our differences are those are the things that we have in common i think it's easier to i don't know not get along but understand to you know understand each other yeah. to Completely. have something yeah when i was in middle school my aunt and uncle went to egypt for the first time and they had good friends they had met through Rotary. Mm-hmm. And the couple was building a house. Well, in Egypt, you don't, in that culture, you don't show a house to anyone until it's finished. Mm-hmm. And they had been living in this apartment building. And their entire family was living in the apartment building. And none of the apartments around them were finished. Like, the top floors were all unfinished. And my aunt asked about it. And she said, oh, that's for the next generation. So when those people's kids decide to build an apartment, they'll build it on top of the parents and stuff. And it just keeps going. Every building is unfinished. And you live, each generation lives on a different floor. And when someone dies, people take over their apartments and stuff. Oh my gosh. Isn't that crazy? But it's the same kind of concept. But you have that in the middle of, or in Northern Africa. Yeah. And you guys are from Guam. Yeah. 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 It's the community mentality. That's for sure. Because I don't think I don't think it's realistic to ask for a single mom or a single or even just like asking any singular parent to hold the responsibility of this person you know like it it happens and I'm so amazed that people can do that you Mm -hmm. know because that takes a lot when really it takes a village it literally takes a a village because you get all these different perspectives the different age ranges and then when you're old enough, you learn responsibility because mm-hmm. you learn to teach those things that you learned. And you can, at, at a young age, like a nine-year-old, teaching a little baby, no, 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 don't touch that, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's, and it gives you a unique responsibility yeah. too, right? Yeah. As that I kind of also member. like that too because, you know, uh, in Guam, like, I mean, our parents were lucky where I they inherited know. land, you know? Um, but there was one point where, like, everyone was living in someone else's house because, like, yeah. we moved away. We and share so someone was saying, yeah, you know, like, so it's like, oh, well, so-and-so's living in, like, that aunt's house and that person's living in this aunt's yeah. house. And, like, we it kind of did, like, a little switch crazy, yeah. So we were living we'll in our auntie, when we moved back, we were living in my auntie Marcy's house that she bought from oh, my, my auntie Lisa. And, and she was living. <laughs> and she was living, I don't know where she was living, but was like this my uncle Richard was living in, in our, our house. house. So it was like this. So we're like, we're not gonna kick you out. You can stay we're there. Just, we're just gonna go keep, here gonna and they're gonna go time. there. Stay like, there. But well, here. probably because you didn't want to offend anyone. No, right? that's like, what that I love. Kind yeah. of offensive. Because yeah. you have to see them every weekend. You can't yeah. offend anybody. <laughs> like, how's that gonna be? Okay, <laughs> that's true. And then that's what I love about it too, is like in Guam you learn to because we have I have very different opinions and perspectives from some of my family members, but you you learn to hold those within yourself and like 
you know, know and, and keep them valuable and true for yourself and, and, you know, share it if someone asks, but you learn to get along, you Yeah. Know? Because Just because someone so has big. a different opinion yeah. doesn't mean you don't love that person. And doesn't mean that person, that person is person. awful. You know, you yeah. may not understand the details of their life to make, to know why they understand that. And I struggle with that sometimes. Like, why are, why are they saying that? Or why are they saying this? This is so mean or whatever. But then, like, I don't know what's going on in their life or what happened to them to make them think that. And the best way to change that is to to show up and just be good in what you think. And, like, you listen, know? you know what I mean? Yeah, and just listen. Yeah. And that's the weird part, you know, for me is uh, talking about that, like, you're torn in between two worlds, you know, a lot of the times I get in my head of being like, man, I'm not like tomorrow enough. I'm not mm-hmm. like, you know, respecting my culture enough. And you have to like forgive yourself and be like, hey, man, I'm also not in like completely engulfed in it like they are being mm-hmm. there, you know, being with like the family, hearing the stories and that sort of stuff. And you kind of have to like, I think our ancestors would be proud. Yeah. <laughs> you respected them. But, with but that's the thing is, you know, there's like there's there's always that that like self doubt of like, man, I want to do, I want to be true to myself, and I want to and give but this culture. But who are you though? Because exactly, you're not really, yeah. you know, like if we're gonna be specific, you're not really, you're tomorrow, but you dna wise like you're, you're everything not, yeah you're yeah. everything you're the melting pot you are this plate of food that i just devoured <laughs> <laughs> i think it says a lot about humans that yeah. we want to constantly put people into boxes mm-hmm. and identify yeah. them as a certain way yeah but all of us are comprised of all of our yeah. experiences yeah. right we're more so, complex than that have yeah. we even yeah. i feel like this is a food podcast, but we got yeah, went to like the Julia was more about yeah. than just the food, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was about the company yeah. and the people yeah. Yeah. and culture experiences yeah. too. So I love And her. I feel like I have to give I a shout too. out, like yeah. my going back to like all this stuff being kind of from dad and like mm-hmm. his experiences. Like mm-hmm. he was such a huge fan of Julia Child. He was she that was taught amazing. him everything basically he knew like he would say you know growing up in a big family where all he's one of the younger siblings like maybe middle middle youngest but you know his mom and dad had jobs his older siblings were working and so if he wanted a good meal he had to like basically fend for himself and he would just watch you know julia child every morning and be like I want that, and then yeah. kind of teach himself how I to learn cook. how to cook. So I feel like all these it's really so dialed-in recipes have been kind of like him taking what he knew and then mm. refining it in that in the tomorrow way. You know, yeah, tomorrow slash Julia. Yeah, way. Julia. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we gotta get some. It's a little bit elevated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. elevated. I would nice. say I like that. Well, it's thank so you cute. guys so much for coming Yay! on the podcast. Would you like to do a bon appetit with me as we uh, close out today? Yeah, what is that? So, you know, at the end of every episode of French Chef, Julia Child would say, yeah. thank you for watching the mm-hmm. French Chef, and bon appetit. Oh, so we just say it. Okay. We just say it. So you have to say it in your best Julia Child okay. accent. Oh, I can't. Oh, just gotta, it's, really, it's really like, oh, hi. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. Okay, <laughs> so, well... Okay, I'm gonna close my nose while I do this. Yeah. <laughs> Ready? Yeah, cough it out. Ready? Bon appetit! <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed yeah. it. Done. I'm Haley Forney, and you've been listening to Best People, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, 
please like, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thank you for listening. Au revoir.